1: The true life has been my guide, and the least divine is comfort. If I faith in him to drown, for I know what I am. And who are growing and learning, then a church full of Judases that seem like they have it all together. But this is what Spurgeon said. He said, Peter was open-hearted, bold, enthusiastic. To my mind, there's something very lovable about Peter. And in my opinion, we need more people like him in the church of the present day. Though they are rash and impulsive, yet they are, there is a fire in them. And there is steam in them. And so they keep us going. Ah, So true. But still, poor Peter. <laughs> He's running around. Now, I, don't, I think these are probably tabernacle, tabernacles, uh, for, probably similar to the Feast of Tabernacles. I don't think it was during that time, I think, but it could have been close to, who knows. But he's wanting to build them, these tabernacles. He, he doesn't know what to say or do. And so he's just running around and he's just trying to say or do something. You know, and that can be, that's a real mistake, even for us as believers. But one of my favorite quotes from Abraham Lincoln is this. It is better to remain silent and be thought a fool than to open your mouth and remove all doubt. But isn't that true? It's okay to just keep our mouth shut. You know, many times when you don't know what to say, it's okay. It's okay. And sometimes even in the church, it's okay when we don't know what to do next. It's okay to stay silent and to stay calm and to just seek the Lord. And just pray I've seen too many churches too many people in ministry who just have to stay busy it's that works mentality I just have to do something I have to stay busy we have to do this we have to do that and they just start throwing things out there never asking if that's what the Lord wanted another Abraham Lincoln quote I love is give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe guess what that should be the way we live our Christian lives that's the way we should do church We should seek the Lord in prayer, in fasting. Seek him in his word. He gave you his word for a reason. Seek him. Wait on him. Ask what he wants. Not what you want to do. Not what I want to do. Seek the Lord. You know, I talked about some ministries today. These are a long time coming. These are things that have been prayed about for months. And things are starting to open. Doors are starting to open. But we don't want to get ahead of God. We don't want to lag behind him. But, you know, this is the thing. What a warning. Because verse 7... God the Father is going to rebuke Peter. Could you imagine? I mean, it's amazing what they got to see and what they got to do, but could you imagine how much would your heart be broken if the Father from heaven rebuked you? He essentially told you, be quiet, son. <laughs> Look at verse 7. And a cloud came and overshadowed them, and a voice came out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved Son. Hear Him. Notice the exclamation mark. Could you Imagine. And you know, this cloud here is the Shekinah glory. And you might know in the Old Testament, it was the cloud that was with the children of Israel in the wilderness. It was a cloud that overshadowed shadowed the temple. Remember when Solomon dedicated the temple, it was the cloud that overshadowed so much that it says the priests couldn't bear it because of the Shekinah glory. It's a beautiful picture of the, the covering of God. And remember, no man could see the Father and live, and so it's for really their own protection. And we saw that even with Moses. But you know, this isn't the first time in the New Testament we saw the Shekinah glory. Something else to remember is that the Shekinah glory, remember Mary, when she conceived, she was overshadowed by the Shekinah glory because Jesus had to have a, a heavenly father but an earthly mother. It's this beautiful thing. Again, we don't fully understand it, but it's, that was the first time we saw the Shekinah glory, and now we see it again. But I just love it because he says, this is my beloved son. Hear him. In other words... Peter be quiet, (laughs) listen to Jesus, listen to what he has to say, and I just have to tell you that's such great advice, isn't it? And remember I told you, if you haven't heard from God, and I'll say this, if you haven't heard from Jesus lately, open your Bible and just read it out loud. It's his word, he is the logos, he is the word, but he is, the word of God is special. It changes you from the inside out, it works in tandem with the Holy Spirit, with the presence of God. We are now the tabernacle, the temple of God. But if you haven't heard from Jesus, if you haven't heard him speak, listen to him, open your Bible, open your Bible, read it out loud. But then look at this, I think Peter probably felt awkward after this, and probably James and John are probably looking at him, look at that look, you know. Because look at this, verse 8, suddenly, when they had looked around, they saw no one anymore, but only Jesus with themselves. So all of this is happening, Peter says this, the father comes in a cloud and says... Hey, be quiet, Peter, and listen to my son. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, everything disappears. Jesus is back to the human form. Moses and Elijah are gone. God the Father, the cloud is gone. And it's just Jesus, Peter, James, and John. And I could just see it now. Peter's like, oh, what did I just do? (laughs) You know, because it was like instantly silent. And James and John are just looking down their nose at Peter going, not again. Come on, pebble. What are you doing? Here's the thing, you know, Moses and Elijah were there for a reason. They were talking. I don't think they were there just for show, just to show us. They're talking about the the crucifixion, resurrection, something to come. Nonetheless, it's pretty amazing. But then, look at this. Jesus is then going to tell them, hey, don't say anything. He says in verse 9, Now as they came down from the mountain, he commanded them that they should tell no one the things they had seen till the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So they kept this word to themselves, questioning what the rising from the dead meant. Now... We look at this and in history, we have 2000 years of history, we have the Bible, we have the Holy Spirit, we have all of this stuff. And again, give them a break. They aren't religious scholars. This is all brand new to them. Jesus is teaching them brand new. He's not fulfilling the role of Messiah as they thought, because remember, most of the people in that day thought Messiah was coming to defeat the Romans, return the kingdom of Israel. He was a political leader, all of these things. They were missing it. And so these guys are like, we don't even know what that means. What's he mean, rise from the dead? Because they probably couldn't imagine Jesus having to rise from the dead. But then, here's the thing. You can tell they're pondering things. They're trying to figure stuff out. Because look at verse 11. And they asked him, saying, What do the scribes say that Elijah must come first? So they're pondering things. And then look at verse 12. Then he answered and told them, Indeed, Elijah is coming first and restores all things. And how it is written concerning the Son of Man that he must suffer many things and be treated with contempt. So he tells them, yes, Elijah is coming But then he reverts back to, but understand, they're going to treat me bad. He's trying to teach them what's coming. He's trying to teach them so they understand. And I wonder how many people today, when we studied the scripture, you know, I joked about the pre-trib stuff and all this, but how many miss it today? How many are just like these guys that don't really understand what it means? His second coming, and how his second coming will be in two parts, once coming for his church, once returning with his church. And it breaks my heart that people miss it But we see that these guys missed it. They didn't understand. But Jesus goes on to explain this. He says in verse 13, But I say to you that Elijah has also come. And they did to him whatever they wished, as it is written of him. So I just want you to be reminded of something here. John the Baptist came in the spirit of Elijah. We know that in Luke chapter 1, verse 16 and 17, as the angel told Zacharias, John the Baptist's dad, he said this, And he, speaking of John the Baptist, will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God, He will also go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. That was John the Baptist's mission. He came in the spirit and the power of Elijah, but he was not the fulfillment of Elijah. And so right here in verse 12, Jesus tells him, indeed, Elijah is coming, but he also said in verse 13, but But I say to you, Elijah has also come. And this is important for us to understand Because Elijah is coming before the second coming. Elijah is still to come. Jesus is telling us that. That it hasn't been completely fulfilled. And you know, he would have been Elijah had the Jews been ready to receive him as Savior. If the Israelites, if Israel as a nation would have been ready to receive Messiah, he would have been the ultimate fulfillment of Elijah. But he was not. Because they were not ready. And thank God they weren't ready. Gentiles... Romans 11 because they're blinded in part for a season until the fullness of the gentiles come in for our benefit for the church's benefit they were blinded they rejected they were blinded but thank God you know and I think about that with the rapture of the church thank God it didn't happen 10 years ago how many people here wouldn't have been saved 10 years ago or 20 and so I know we're in a hurry to get out of here but no man know the day or the hour we just know the signs but here's the thing, let's finish well. I always challenge us finish well. Don't run around trying to do things you're not called to do. Don't try to wash yourself, make yourself clean. Don't try to look good on the outside. Throw away all that garbage, all that junk. You can be real here. You can be real. I promise you. And here's the thing just submit to your king, be obedient, study his word, listen to the words of Jesus. Seek what the Lord would have you do in these last days. It's that important. Don't do what other people are doing just for the sake of doing it. Don't jump into ministry just because. Find out what God specifically, we don't have enough time to, to, you know, try 52 things that you're never called to do. Seek what God has for you in these last days. He has something for you. He has something for each one of us. If you're a believer, you have something you're called to do. Now, we're all called to preach the gospel, to make disciples, to love God and to love your neighbor. We're all called to do that. So that's not you, oh, I'll pray about that. no. You don't have to pray about that. You can do that. Seek God. Don't keep trying to look good on the outside. Let Jesus cleanse you from the inside out. And so with that, let's pray. Father God, thank you. Thank you for your precious word. Lord, thank you for your Holy Spirit. And thank you for salvation. And Lord, help us to be a truly thankful people. And truly thankful people share that joy and share that truth with others. So, God, I pray right now that you'd pour out your Spirit upon us, that you'd make us faithful witnesses in these last days, that you'd help us finish well, and, God, that you'd open doors and show us what to do. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name.
0: This has been Hold Fast, a radio outreach ministry of Golgotha Fellowship in Nampa, Idaho. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to hear this message again, or any other in their entirety, please visit golgothafellowship.org. Our fellowship meets in Southeast Nampa, and our Sunday services are at 10 a.m. For more information, visit our website. Until next time, may the Lord richly bless you.
1: Hi, folks. Pastor Marty here. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the teaching today. You know, it's my prayer that it's encouraged you to continue faithfully in the study of God's Word. I think it's so crucially important that these days the body of Christ stay grounded and anchored in the Word of God